0: This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. We're talking about what is changing in the industry and taking you straight to the front lines of what the future holds. If you're ready to grow your pest control or lawn care business, you're in the right place.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. My name is Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which is now Triangle Pest and Triangle Long, as well as the CEO of Comarch, which offers digital marketing and sales services for the home services industries. as well as I say, you know, I got Triangle Home Services and march for the homes, Okay, it's pest and lawn. All right, so we'll just say that for now. And with me, as always, is Mr. The Notorious Dan Gordon. Dan, would you like to say hello?
0: Hello, everyone. Uh, Dan Gordon, PCO Bookkeepers, uh, uh, CFO Services, Fractionalized CFO Services to the pest and lawn industry, exit planning uh, and uh, brokerage. And um, just uh, really excited to be here. Uh, Today, uh, we're going to be talking about um, uh, growing faster, uh, with more profit through office automation and efficiency. And um, our guest today is Laura Corbin. Uh, I've known Laura for quite a while. Um, She's the president of uh, Spencer Pest Services. Uh, She's a third generation leader of the company, which is based in uh, Greenville, uh, South Carolina. Uh, Laura's grandfather, uh, Bill Spencer, founded the company. Her mom, uh, Sherry Spencer. Bachman, who I'm good friends with, joined the company in the 90s, took over the operation in 2005, and Laura came on board in 2010, and she took over as operation uh, manager in 2012, promoted to COO in 2016, and now she runs the whole shooting match. She's president and is running the company for the private equity company that um, owns them. They bought out the business earlier this year, which we uh, helped them uh, achieve. And um, so, hi, Laura. Welcome.
2: Hi. Thank you for having me. You bet. You bet.
1: Well, I can tell you, Laura, I am very excited about our topic. Uh, We're going to talk about um, office automation and efficiency. And I think this is probably one of the most critical things that you got to get right as an owner, right? Because if it comes to the office, the office is the only thing that touches every piece of the business, right? All your customers, billing, scheduling, technicians, it all comes to the office. And so in my mind, if you've got a really good, efficient, automated office, it can make your life very, very great. And if you don't, it can make your life a living hell. So having said all of that, I didn't realize that this was this was such a family. uh, You guys had started. I mean, it almost sounds like this could be like one of those reality TV shows. You know, you could watch (laughs) on Netflix or something. We probably should
2: have had one at one point. Not gonna lie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All righty. So, Laura, why don't you just take a moment and give us some details about your background and what you know? What kind of drove your decision? To join the family business. And maybe a little background, you know, but what you were doing before that and then how you came to that decision to join the business.
2: Sure, Um, so obviously grew up in the business. My mom um, came on board in the early 90s. I was like three years old, so I was drugged to the office quite often at a very early age. And then, um, you know, child labor laws were not as strong as they are today. So she had me stuffing envelopes, putting stamps on envelopes. Uh, Once I learned the alphabet, I helped with filing, um, you know, cleaning up the office, things like that. And then, as I got older, I was actually a big part of um, converting us over to Service Pro and getting on their CRM software in high school. So I was the one manually entering every single customer account and adding the programs and things like that as a summer job. Um, what were you guys
1: converting from at the time? Do you remember?
2: So actually, mom's background was in software development for construction companies. And so she created her own software program that she was working off of um so it was purely pulled out of that program
1: wow okay yeah yep so keep going sorry i was just curious no
2: you're good i love squirrels so um throw me all the squirrels all the random questions (laughs) i'm good at that But yeah, so did that throughout high school and college as a summer, you know, Christmas break job, things like that. And then after college, I I never had any desire to go into the pest control industry. Quite frankly, I was one of those that looked at it as this dirty, yucky, icky industry and was kind of embarrassed by it. Um, if I'm being honest, I'm just being honest here, okay?
1: Sure. Did your mom hang on, did your mom take you to school in a service truck or something? Or like it-
2: No, but you know, I'd go to the office and all the service techs just stunk. The chemical Uh, rooms meld, you know, uh, when when you're talking about killing bugs, there's nothing sexy about that, right? And as a uh, female in general, it's just not a dream job for me personally. If that's your dream, more power to you. It was not mine, I'm just being honest here. Um, I actually wanted to go into music and wanted to perform um mm-hmm. realized that i have a shopping problem and musicians make no money so that was not <laughs> going to be a realistic path for me um so after college i thought all right well i'm a really good i guess arguer maybe negotiator is that a better word and i thought well maybe i'll go into the law field
1: debate debater,
2: debater. there you go debater yeah. And Uh uh, my mom will probably agree with that. So (laughs) um, I thought I dabbled in the paralegal world for a minute, about three months, and I was like, there's no way in hell I could handle this. This is, there's just no way, too much paperwork, too many tasks, too much sitting behind a desk typing all day, and that is Mm -hmm. not me. Mm -hmm. Um, I did some retail work. I worked at Starbucks for a while. I was just trying to figure out what the heck I wanted to do with my life. And um, mom and I were, I was living in mom's basement at the time right after college and we were talking one day and she had just gone to a conference and they talked a lot about quality control uh, with a lot of focus on the office. And I worked for a major retailer uh, right around that time. And they have an incredible training program and customer service training. Um, And so I was telling her, oh, well, this is what they do. And this is how they do this and how they teach that. And here's the processes they have in place. And she's like, well, I want all of that in my business. (laughs) I said, well, I guess I could do that for you. (laughs) And the next thing you know, I've got a job. So um, kind of a roundabout way to come on board. But that's how it started.
1: So did you did you stop showering as part of this transition? Like, did did you kind of. No, I was just curious. It's like is dirty, you know. No. All right, I'm done. Okay, maybe, you got to ask another question. here.
2: I showered more often. I didn't want to smell like them. Are you kidding? All right, I was
1: just hey, I was just checking. That's all. Just making sure. So keep it on. <laughs> so uh,
0: even though you were new to it, even though you um, you know uh, were bringing new ideas and whatnot, you were still third generation. So. Yeah. What was that like? I mean, did did uh, you know your mom give you free reign, or uh, was there any butting of heads, or you know what lessons uh, you know did you learn from from being a third generation uh, uh, PMP?
2: So at first I had no idea what I was doing. It was a lot of learning. Of course, growing up in the business, I knew more than somebody off the street, but it was just a lot of pressure. I felt like because of that third generation, it's like, I didn't want people to think it was just a handout and I was just given this position. I wanted to make sure that I earned it and I proved myself. So I dove in head first and um, again, my focus was really on the office, but I still rode with several different service technicians to get a better understanding of the services we offer, how we do the service, scheduling, you know, phone calls they're dealing with, what are they dealing with with customers in the field, things like that, and trying to figure out how I could take all of that information and make sure that whatever training programs we're putting into the office, all of that was taken into consideration as a part of that implementation. Um, and then just trying to learn as much as possible. So I went to a lot of conferences with mom. Um, did we butt heads? Uh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> But um, it's like, Nick, you know, remember
1: that show, American Chopper where the dad and the son yes. just have these crazy arguments, you know, anyway, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what I'm but envisioning. The right
2: stuff now. We argued about it's like, why are we even arguing about this? <laughs> you know, and um, but that's part of that mother daughter dynamic and family dynamic. By the time I came into the business, my grandpa had already exited. Um, and so I really didn't get a chance to work alongside of him, but I did see him. At work for several years, and and did get pull a lot from him. I mean, he was very, he was extremely hard worker, a super big numbers guy. Dan, you and him would have gotten along great. Um, he had an accounting background, and so he was all about the finances, the P Ls, the balance sheets, things like that. But he was also a very kind, loving, and compassionate leader as well. And so his employees truly became a part of his family, and I. I think I took a lot of that from him because I really respected him for that. Um, And then as far as what did I get from my mom, I mean, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, so I got a lot. Um, She's extremely hardworking. Again, loved numbers and things like that, so I grew to love numbers as well. Uh, She, I think the biggest thing she taught me was inspect what you expect. And, you know, I was really good at delegating and implementing But the follow through or the follow up on all of that was a huge weakness of mine for a while. And so she started bashing that into my head, inspect what you expect. You've got to go back behind them and make sure they're following through and doing what you want them to do. That was huge for me. And I think that was probably the best thing that we did for our organization was really implementing a follow up and a follow through process once we implement the actual training. Um, But and then the other thing I think, she's a huge dreamer. You know her. She dreams big. That scares me a lot. It's a lot <laughs> of that fear of the unknown. Or I, she'll say, oh, we need to be 10 million in the next three years. And I'm like, oh my God, how are we going to go four times the size we are now in three years? Like, And so I immediately start freaking out, trying to figure out what that plan looks like. But she helped me get comfortable with daring to dream and dreaming big and that there really is no dream that's too big and to not be as scared by it
1: so Mm -hmm. let's let's transition to our topic now here for a moment now now we're talking about growing faster getting more profit through your office right and through Mm -hmm. efficiency so Mm -hmm. why don't you just talk like, let's just give it give us kind of a big picture of what your office looks like now. And I realize, like, there's a lot going on. Right. So let's do the high pass first. This is what we're using. Here's what we're doing. And then after that, let's get into how you guys do it. Right. Because, I mean, one of the things I see is people are like, oh, I run PassPack pack or I run this software. Or, I run that. And y- it is a wide variance of how people implement it. There's people who use like 5% of the software and there's folks who are using like 95% of the software. And so mm-hmm. can you just walk through like, okay, it's Spencer. Here's our infrastructure. Here's how we're, here's how we're set up. And then from that, we'll kind of run into data and dashboards.
2: Sure. So um, we use serve suite and uh, of course there's all kinds of CRMs out there. Like you mentioned, we started on service pro, I want to say like over 20 years ago and just stuck with it and we've looked and researched other software uh crms out there a lot of them are really really good but to do a conversion at my size without help would be an absolute nightmare so that's purely the only reason we haven't switched to anything
1: i think you should manually put the customers in from no No. i'm kidding
2: (laughs) you (laughs) know i didn't mention how i was paid a nickel for every customer i input okay i'm a little more expensive these days (laughs) <laughs> um, so yeah so we're in SERP suite I would I would say we utilize it about 80 percent um, doesn't mean we can't use it more obviously we can we're just slowly implementing things because one of the things that we were really good at was having a thousand ideas of changing and then we would start them but never actually complete them and nothing ever happened from there So we've started taking it project by project and prioritizing them and working on maybe two or three at a time rather than uh, a bunch and actually being able to complete them, implement them fully, test them and make sure it works. Um, So as far as Suite goes, we try to use it as much as possible. The reporting on it has been really good for us. That's been huge in helping build our dashboards and holding our um, employees accountable to their KPIs and, and different measurements that we give them. Um, it's extremely important, no matter how small you are, to me, to be on some form of CRM, so that you can have that data, because it's so much easier to grow when you know what you're doing today versus where you want to go. Um, we're doing automated phone calls through ServSuite. We're doing automated text messages through ServSuite. We're doing 100% of our billing, scheduling, and routing through ServSuite. Um if it goes to the customer or has anything to do with the customer, it's all relatively automated through Suite so I would say that's probably our biggest uh technology piece that works for us
1: so now um you know a lot of people talk about hey we we're data driven we use dashboards and then and and I'm not gonna i'm gonna be careful how I word this. You start digging and you realize like maybe they do maybe the data is correct. Obviously, I know at Spencer, you guys really do it. You you use a lot of data. You have a lot of dashboards. Can you just paint a picture for, for our listeners, like just the dashboards that you look at by department and how often you look at them? And then maybe you know, I, I know there's some of these can be pretty complex. But, you know, how you came up with those dashboards, like what, what made you say, OK, this is what we're really going to be looking at in this department?
2: Yeah. So um, we have three main dashboards right now. So one is what we call our company dashboard and that shows us the overall health of the business. So it tracks your revenue, sales, cancels, AR, um, hiring needs, it predicts how many people we need, it shows me revenue by employee um, and a handful of other things. So that's like an overall company picture. I also have an individual sales dashboard, so it tracks my entire sales team, and that tracks anything from annual, Uh, monthly quotas and tracking them against their month-to-date and year-to-date numbers, Uh, leads estimates and proposals given versus actual sales coming in. It tracks our bundled programs. We're huge on bundling, and so that's a big KPI for us, and it also tracks our recurring revenue sold versus one-time services sold, uh, follow-ups completed versus uncompleted, so the sales dashboard basically just tells me the overall health of the sales team because they're not selling, we're not growing, right? So it's super important Mm -hmm. to pull all that information out separate to us. And then we have our admin dashboard, which is pretty much everybody working in the office answering the phone. So it does track some of our inside sales call volume as well, uh, even though they're also on the sales dashboard. But that's going to show me what my call volume is, what my average duration of the call is, um, inbound calls versus outbound calls by person. How much time are they spending per day on the phone? So it helps me predict. Well, first of all, it shows me who's answering the phone and who's not, because that can be an issue, especially when you have remote workers, which we do. Half of our admin team doesn't even work in the office. So it's a great way to easily manage them. Um, But it also tells me, do I need to hire another admin person based on the call volume coming in? It also tracks my uh, my marketing dollars. So what is my average cost per phone call coming in? And then, how do those translate to uh, converted leads or converted sales? So are we spending our marketing and advertising dollars intelligently, and is it working, or do we need to make some adjustments there? Um, so those so, are the three three main dashboards we have.
1: I was gonna say, that's pretty interesting too, because you know a lot of folks I think that are in either pest or lawn typically start out as operators, right? And so they're mm-hmm. they're super dialed into what's happening on the service side of the business. Meanwhile their office is a train wreck, right? So they don't track how many calls are going on, they don't track what their CSRs are doing. And and so yeah. just to recap what you said there, it's it's health of the business, it's what your sales organization is doing, and then this is what the office is doing. Uh, is that yeah. when is that you a good when, when you
0: go into their office there's a big TV screen that yeah. scrolls all this stuff, which is really interesting. And uh so you get a lot of this information and you get a lot of these KPIs and some of it's fed by ServSuite, some of it's fed by the the phone system, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and um, you create these KPIs and and whatnot, but what are some of the actionable things that you get? Um, You know, what, what uh, um, you know, when you look at this dashboard, um, you know, who do you see? What, what, what do you tell them? uh, What what are you trying to do?
2: Sure. So, um, I guess I'll start by just breaking it back down by department because I think that's probably the easiest way to do it. But yes, you're right. We're extremely transparent with our numbers because we want a self-managing company. I want my employees to know where they stand, not me constantly have to tell them. Um, so when it comes to admin, I'm looking, are they pulling their weight? You know, And if their numbers are off from the rest of the team, why is that? If they were on vacation, okay, great. If it's because they were just sitting around doing nothing, we have a whole nother story. So it helps open up coaching conversations um, for accountability purposes there. As far as the office goes, I also don't want people just sitting there chit chatting with customers for 20, 30 minutes every time they answer the phone because I've had that problem, too. I mean, we need to run an efficient office, get the customer's issue handled, show them great customer service, but also get off the phone in a timely manner so we can take that next call. That helps me keep my overhead costs down as well. Um, I want to see, you know, that average cost per call. So how much is it costing me to get that phone to ring? And if it's a sales lead, am I converting that lead? If I'm not converting the lead, why is it? So we actually use call marches. Um, Call tracking metrics system and the reporting on it is incredible, by the way. Just saying, um, not to toot Donnie's horn or anything, but beep beep. Okay. I'll,
1: I'll, I'll run the payment after the podcast. I <laughs> you don't
0: need
2: to do well that. I was hoping I could get a month for free for that pitch, Donnie. Just <laughs>
0: two months, two months. I would go for two months. Two, two months. months, there I, you go. I don't know. you right So
2: honestly, it's a great phone system that tracks a lot of information for us and tells me this girl I've got sitting in Florida who's two states away from my office. What is she doing all day? I can literally pull into the dashboard and see exactly what it is she did all day when it comes to phones. So Um, you
0: you, you had said that uh, you have remote workers and was that a covid thing or were you doing that before covid?
2: So we were doing it before COVID. We've got an employee. So we used to have five offices when mom first purchased the company from my grandpa and two were in Florida. One of which um, had this girl, Tiffany, who's a a rock star. And she, um, when we sold the office, that was probably the hardest thing to do was A, lose the employees. But Tiffany was mom's right hand person. Because um, mom ran those two Florida offices, and I got a phone call from her. I want to say it was like right after I came in as a manager, 2012, 2013, and she was looking for a job reference. And we had just moved to a VoIP system. We had made uh, really taken advantage of ServSuite and implemented a lot of outsourcing when it comes to uh, billing and mailings and and different things like that through ServSuite. And I'm like, we can make her work remote based on everything that we're currently doing. I don't need a physical person in my office. So instead of doing the job reference, I offered her a job and she's been on board ever since. And then COVID definitely um, escalated some of that. And so uh, during COVID, we had a lot of exposure in the beginning and we sent everybody home to work from home for about two months. And that was extremely telling of who is good and who is not good. So we uh, did a people analyzer and found our A, B and C players and we nixed to the C players and um, really focused on the A players. And then tr- we had to figure out, well, heck now, everybody's at home. How do we manage them? How do we hold them accountable? How do we train a new hire if they're working from home? How do we how do we do all this without being in person with each other? Which was very new for us, because, like I said, Tiffany came with years of experience. I didn't have to train her. But what if right. I had to hire somebody straight working from home? Um, so it so definitely pushed us more and more in that direction.
0: So one of the things that uh, you know I mentioned that you come in and you see this big screen, but you also, you know, because we have a field force and whatnot, they're not staring at the screen. The technicians and the, and the, and the outside people aren't. So you guys have developed this pretty cool app that um, you get to look at stuff um, you know, which, which is a dashboard in itself for everybody. Tell me mm-hmm. a little bit about that app and what you use it for and who uses it and how it all works.
2: Yeah. So, um, we were, we, you're exactly right. We were sitting around thinking, how do we get this to the field? Cause I don't want my technicians and salespeople coming to the office every day. So, uh, we had a guy on staff at the time who was also working with mom. She's got a coaching business on the side. And uh, we started just brainstorming, how can we get this in the hands of our technicians and our field people, our salespeople, managers, and I mean, I can pull it up on vacation if I wanted to. Um, And he's like, well, I could take everything and and create an app for you guys. It's like, oh, that's super cool. So, uh, it just kind of escalated from there. And we took our dashboards, which were already in an Excel format. We use Google Sheets for them. And the app that he developed just translates everything from Google Sheets. So, um, you know, I don't I, really know. I,
0: I, I gave a thumbs down because I'm a, a Microsoft guy. Donnie and I uh, oh. go back and forth with that. With with Google and, and Microsoft all the time. We always do battle. So, uh, you oh know, what, my Laura, God, no, I, I don't noise? need to add any more to this
1: conversation. Laura said it all.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. Here, here's what I called me the other day for some tech support. So I, I, I felt like.
1: Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. True
2: story.
0: Listen, that is true.
2: Worked for us. I do not discriminate against Microsoft, but Google Sheets is what worked for us. Is that better, Dan?
0: <laughs> yeah, ah, that's fine. So, so anyway, tell us about this app. Like, uh, I, I yeah. log into the app. What do I see? And, and
2: so we log in. I mean, you can customize it to however you want to build it, basically. But how we wanted to build it is we wanted our three main departments showing there: our admin, our service, and our sales. So, if I click on my admin department, it pulls in the admin dashboard KPIs. So we chose the top five KPIs for admin. And you can literally see it by person where they stand against the rest of the team. And it'll rank them as to who's the top performer based on the standards that we set. Same with sales and same with service. So it's actually pretty cool because like, right before this, I got an email from a technician saying, my production numbers are missing from this day. And it's like, oh, you're actually looking at the app. Good for you. Because he was trying to see where he lands in relation to the rest of the team. So it's created some competition for sure um, in a healthy way, in a good way where they're like, I'm going to beat this person next week. Or my goal is to work one extra day so that I can exceed my quota for the month and make a little extra money this month. Or um, as far as sales goes, we can tie it to a lot of different sales contests. So I mentioned earlier, we're really big on bundled programs right now. We have a bundled a sales contest going on where they get a bonus based on how many programs they bundled as a percentage of their total sales for the month and it's ran on a quarterly basis. Well, they can track that in the app. Um, And if I'm done with the contest, I can remove those numbers if I want to. So it's extremely customizable. It's at the palm of their hand. They just have to have either Wi-Fi or cell phone signal and they can see exactly where they stand in relation to their fellow team members, but also the department as a whole.
1: So we've talked a lot about information that you are sharing with your team. What about are there any things that are what information do you kind of keep close? What what don't you share with your team?
2: Not a lot. <laughs> um, we're extremely transparent. Uh, the only thing I would say we do not share are management expenses. So management, labor, vehicle expenses, things like that um and we don't share our net profit numbers because the employees then think we have all this cash in the bank ready to spend and we need to give them all massive bonuses
0: <laughs> right right
2: so certain things we it, yes it's very true now
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well one of the things i will say and just to add to this is you know early on and we still do it to this day we are we show everything but we also before we show everything we do literally a seven minute refresh this is what this number means and because i remember when i first started you know we were doing like two million bucks or something like that and i had a technician who thought i literally took home two million dollars a year because that was our revenue and i was like whoa whoa, whoa, (laughs) hang on yeah so what we do now is we we do a quick financial primer here's how Mm -hmm. the here's how all the numbers work together and this is what these numbers mean and then we go into the numbers and that that has yeah, you're still going to get some of that, but it definitely helps out a lot. So that's that's good to know.
2: Yeah, I mean, I will say Dan helped a lot with that because he he, you know, Mom taught me a lot when it comes to the P and L and the balance sheet, but um, I didn't fully understand it. And so talking with Dan one on one to fully understand gross profit and net profit and EBITDA and balance sheet and all this stuff and that was extremely helpful for me running a business. Um, it's a lot harder to kind of break it down sometimes for employees because like you said they see the revenue number and think that's how much money the owner made and it's just not true as we all know um so we set some benchmarking in place we do share about 95 percent of the PL with them i just don't want them knowing how much my managers are making and and ownership is pulling and you know those types of things because then they get a little judgy or they might feel sometimes that's all
0: yep for sure so uh so, so you're using Surf Suite, you're using Call Tracking Metrics, uh, yep. you're using Google Sheets, and you're using this app. Um, I know that yep. your mom came up with the app in her consulting business. Is there yep. if somebody wanted to get a hold of the app and start using it or take a look at it, is there a way to do that?
2: Yeah, they have a website now. Um, and so you can Google it and look it up on their website. I think it's pestcontrolbusinesstools.com. Um, or you can feel free to reach out to me and I can definitely connect you with them um, to at least do a demo, but there's all kinds of free demos on their website.
0: Yep. Okay. Excellent. And then somebody wants to start running their business by dashboard. So it, it's an overwhelming task. Yes. Where do you start? What, you know, like, uh, uh you, you know, I, I wouldn't come into your office and say, this is awesome. Tomorrow, I want all of this stuff. What are the first things that you do? What goes into it? Some of it can be automated. Some of it can't. When it when it's not automated, how do you get that data? Do you have uh, people who, you know, pull reports and then pull them into other things? How does how does it all work?
2: Yeah. So um, our main dashboard was already created when I came on board. So, but from what I understand, uh, industry peers had a lot to do with that. So one thing I love about our industry is everybody's so willing to share and help others. And so I would honestly start with that. I would put it out to a forum on NPMA's website, or if you're a part of a smaller group like Associated or Pest One, or um, even local uh, state associations, put it out there and say, does anybody have a dashboard they're willing to share with me? Um, The hardest part is definitely getting started. So if you have a starting point that you can then build on or just make edits to that are specific to your business. I think that's a lot easier and a lot less uh, overwhelming up front, but, uh, and I'm more than happy to help or share with anyone either what, what we've put together. Um, But do it, do it yesterday. Do not wait, make it a priority. It's a great Q4 project because uh, our business can tend to be seasonal for most people. Um, And you almost need to just, Dedicate yourself 100% to this is my project for this amount of time because it is so important to the entire business as a whole. It's going to motivate you. It's going to motivate your people. It's going to motivate your owners. It's going to motivate anybody and everybody involved in this organization to do better and then to analyze what's not working and how can we fix what's not working so that we are hitting these numbers and KPIs and whatnot. Um,
0: your surf suites, your pest packs, your pest routes, they they all provide really good information. And and Thank one you. of the things, like years ago everybody would say, Okay, I'm gonna call them and have them write a special report and 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 that but but what I've seen more and more is that people just use those programs and then hire somebody to export data and then manipulate it through Excel or through Google. Yeah. Or whatever, and and so in order to bring it into your app or into your dashboards, how much manual labor is that, and who do you have doing that?
2: So I have a, a part-time admin person who helps with this. Her job is basically AR and AP. Um, it takes her about 20 minutes a day. So we have pulled reports and found reports in Surf Suite, And then the way we have formatted the Google Sheet is you literally download it into Excel, copy and paste it into the Google Sheet, and it pushes all those numbers out to everywhere else you need to be. Um, and it, where it used to take us an hour and a half to two hours to manually input the numbers on these reports, because we do it daily. I love a daily, uptick i don't want to see a week later if i can't fix you know if it's a week it's it's five days six days too late i can't fix it yet so did, um
0: did you hire a consultant to create those spreadsheets to pull everything in or did you do it yourself
2: we did it ourselves
0: awesome the the, the power of google dan but, but what she just described is exactly
2: what
1: well, But did but Dottie, she
0: did say that she downloads it into excel then pushes it that's because that's what that's because that's what the software does it's not because she yeah so i will say we do the exact
1: same thing at triangle and it is it is money because it's like download upload reports done the i mean it is definitely one of the things i was going to add to what you're saying before laura about someone starting up and you know their let's just say their dashboards aren't quite where they need to be one of the things i often hear is i don't have time you almost have to look at this if you want more time Get your dashboards done.
2: hundred percent. hundred percent. Because I am notorious for that. It's like, oh, I don't want to do this because it's gonna take so much time to put it together. But it saves you so much freaking time in the future, honestly. Oh
0: yeah.
2: yeah I, I hear, help, I hear the, the managers the,
0: too. Yeah, I I hear the uh well, I don't have you know, five hours to teach you when I can do it in an hour myself. Well, take those five hours, teach somebody, and you'll never have to do it again. That's uh, You
2: can't afford not to. You're not going to grow if you don't start delegating this stuff to somebody else. You will be stuck at task in that position for the rest of your life if you don't start handing over to someone else. And if you're You're cool, more power to you. But, you know, I don't know many entrepreneurs who are cool with that. I'm just saying.
1: No. I mean, I was going to say your job is to create the infrastructure, right? And then, and then after that, you know, let the other folks do the work. So we're coming up to the end here and I want to close out one final question here. This is by the way, Lord, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. But what additional tips do you have for our listeners or tools that you can recommend for our listeners that they can, you know, leverage more automation, more tech in the office and really just sell more and be more efficient. Any, any additional tips you got?
2: Sure. So, um, definitely, you know, not to push Dan and Donnie, but honestly, very helpful <laughs> systems. Dan's um, accounting system with the reports that they pull through are awesome because they give you the trackers and you see green, yellow, red, and and it puts you up against other industry leaders. Donnie's phone system, it's incredible. The reporting is awesome. I literally don't have to go look for anything; it's just handed to me based on how I set up that dashboard. Um, Monday.com is another thing that we've utilized for training and project management. Uh, Loom is another one. It's a free resource where you can actually create training videos on the computer and they're recorded Um, and you can throw those into Monday.com. So if you've got a new hire, let's say they're remote, they can watch a video on how to do something rather than you walking them through it yourself. Uh, Scipio is huge. It's a automation texting or text automation program. We use that for sales follow ups, marketing campaigns, and just overall communication with customers because people these days love to text. Um, lead Now is another one. Uh, Natesh created that program that helps automate turning in leads from the field. So I'm a service tech. I don't want to sell it. I'm going to turn this lead in. It goes to my sales team. They sell it for me. That's huge. And then Slack is another one that we've used that helps with internal communication between the office and the team. I mean, you guys have mentioned the office is honestly, what is the engine that keeps everything running. And the more I can keep them off the phone from technician phone calls and other employee phone calls, if we can just text each other or Slack each other, that's huge. Um, And the last one I would recommend is Podium. So that's how we've automated our, Google review and Facebook review requests, and that has been a huge uh, marketing and sales driver for us as well.
1: That's phenomenal. And and just for our listeners, just a reminder: um, last week, Dan and I was it last week? I may be dated. Maybe it was two weeks ago. Anyway, we launched a website recently, and now on this podcast, everything that you just heard, Laura mention, will be up on the show notes, so you can come back and look at some of these software that. And by the way, Dan we got to bring Laura on again. I mean, this was just the, I mean, just these <laughs> compliments after compliments. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know about you, but I feel great now. It's wonderful. <laughs> hey, honestly, but no.
2: I'm only speaking the truth. I really, truly mean that.
1: <laughs> well, thank you very much. But this has been wonderful, Laura. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I think our listeners are going to get a lot from uh, what you recommended. And certainly from just the concepts. And, and I could not agree with you more. You know, if you don't know where to get started, fun and mentor, find someone to give you a hand. It's super, super easy. Dan, anything that you want to add before we close out here?
0: No, I just want to thank Laura for being on uh, uh, on the podcast. Uh, her and her mom have been terrific friends for many years and uh, and really appreciate it. And uh, um, that's about it. Well, that's a wrap for us.
1: Thanks again, Laura. It's super awesome to have you and glad to have you on. Remember, if you like this episode or any of our episodes, go on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, review us. Um, I think that's really it. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. Take care. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thank
0: Thank you.